What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Members of this building, military guys, Supremes, wait, the Supremes are here? I don't see Diana. Oh, well, anyway... Take a bow, Mary and Florence. What, they're dead? Okay, never mind. Anyway, my fellow amygdalas, hi, I'm Jill's wife, Joe, and it's time once again for my state of confusion speech. Isn't that great? I have so much I want to say, but the meds are only going to last so long. So let's get started, alrighty? Our country is a mess. Gas prices are still higher than when I took office. Diesel is through the roof. Food prices have gone way up. Eggs cost as much as the Tesla. Other nations are laughing at us. The Chinese have been openly spying on us. Drag queens are teaching our children how to use sex toys. A small percentage of Americans want to force the rest of us to honor their fake pronouns. And everything we told you about COVID is a big fat... Ouch! Okay, I'll stick to the script. Huh? The skate of the onion is round. Why are you looking at me like that? This is the part where I tell you about all the good things I did last year. Now that we've got that out of the way, let me tell you about all the good things I'm going to do this year, okie dokie. I want to be one of those bipartisan unity type presidents, working with those across the aisle to create and enforce legislation for the good of all Americans. Except for 50% of U.S. voters, those who didn't get at least four boosters, supporters of the radical ultra-mega-fascists, and the entire Republican Party. What are you booing for? You guys all want to cancel Social Security and Medicare. Well, some of you do. A couple of you... Look, one of you guys is saying he wants to reform it, all right? I call malarkey, shenanigans, baloney, and monkey shines. There, that should do it. Whatever. I also plan to take a hard stance against China now that their spy balloon has safely transmitted all the info they need and they're sending more each day. Now, some of you unpatriotic, ultra-unleaded mega-repellent cans are asking me, why I didn't shoot it down when it was over Montana? Thanks for asking. Now, on to the war effort. We're planning to send even more money to President Zamboni. Hunter and I, I mean, he needs it to fight those evil Russians. Putin doesn't stand a chance. If he complains, I'll take him behind the shed and give him something to complain about. We have the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and, and, uh... Those guys that got stuck in that place where I donated all those weapons to the Taliban. In closing, I want to relate something my dad told me. He said, son, don't be such a moron. Every day, I try to live up to his expectorants. 
God bless you, President Harris, and the divided states of Armenia. And now, from the Super Bowl, here's a live sports update from CCW News. Here's Aaliyah. Hi, I'm Aaliyah. I'm a puppy. I'm at the Super Bowl. Look, a ball. This has been an update from CCW Sports. Good night, and may God help us. Speaking of doggies, do we have a show for you today? We've got an interview that is one of a series of three segments that we'll be doing on the Ooga Booga Bug. You won't see this on ScrewTubes. We'll hear some doggies growling in the distance, but don't worry, they're having fun. And, of course, we'll talk about the revival that is going on. So don't go anywhere yet. Don't want to miss this show. Welcome to Counterculture Wise, a Stormcap production. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts, our guests, and the dog, and do not necessarily reflect the views of any of our platforms, our advertisers, or any other dog. you listen today, please remember, we are so much more than a podcast. All of our stories we discuss are linked in our show notes on counterculturewise.com. Visit there for commentary, guest photos and links, animations, and fun merchandise. If you have a story idea or would like to be a guest on our show, contact us via our website. You can also follow us on Twitter, Gab, Instagram, Facebook, and all over social media where we'll post memes, cat pics, and commentary that gets us booted off on a regular basis. If you're listening live, be sure to join our chat on Spreaker. If you're listening dead, please stop voting Democrat, but enjoy the show anyway. And with the meows of the Mackie Meow, we start another amazing, fantastic, fabulous Sunday evening here at Counterculture. Not to mention, it's a good. It's good too. It's going to be a good show. This yeah, is this really is going to be a hum dinger. And speaking of humming and dinging, I am your hostess with the most, Ms. Melanie Hope. And here with me in studio is my husband. Just so happens. We are going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary in two weeks. I can't wait. He's also my best and dearest friend. Now that all the other ones are dead. (laughs) No offense, boo. (laughs) If you just live a really long life, that'd be swell. (laughs) And some may know him as my sweet baboo, Mr. James Monis. 
Folks, it is really good to be here tonight. It is. We're going to have an amazing show tonight, Babu. Babu. <laughs> so tonight we begin a three-part interview with our returning guest, Naresh Visa. Uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, his take on the COVID pandemic. His wife is a physician who treated COVID patients. And, of course, he's done a lot of his own research, as have we. So it's very interesting and kind of fun to talk to someone who has a lot of the information and with whom I didn't always agree. And he was still a very gracious guest, and we tried to be as gracious hosts as we could possibly be. It worked It was out supposed very well. to be a one-hour interview. It ended up going three hours. That's just how charming I am. I'm taking he full He also credit. <laughs> has a lot to say. He had a lot to say. And, and we're gonna one make hour sure, wouldn't have done it. Yeah. And we're going to make sure he gets to say it all. Uh, he might even be on for another subject later, but we, we chose to, this subject. So if you are listening live to the sound of my voice, thank you so much for tuning in. If you are listening afterwards, no matter what platform, whether you're on, no, they don't call it iTunes anymore. What are they, Apple something? Apple Music, I think. Okay. I have no or idea. Or iHeartRadio. No, we're not, or, I'm not an or Apple any guy. of the other places, that, Spotify, any of the other places that you might be. Please, for all that's holy, drop everything. <laughs> Ow. Leave us a like, a, leave us a 10-star review, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your dog, have people tune in, spread the news about our show. We will be posting pieces of this on the screw tubes, probably this segment, but definitely not the interview for obvious reasons. Definitely That video not. will be up on rumble and bit shoot so check out all of our links if you have any questions about anything that we talk about on the show this evening all of the links because we do our homework and we bring the receipts are available on our website countercultures.com and then of course if you are really upset with us and we said something that hurt your feelings please fill out the id10t form and we will give it the attention that it deserves that being said, yes, let's get into it. Yes. Well, our commander in chief had his physical this this past week. Okay, and how did and he do? A, a glowing, glowing report. Okay. Apparently, he is in peak peak performance. There's okay. nothing wrong with him. Okay. Anything you may have seen to the contrary is fake news. And according to his physicians, he did 36 push-ups, 11 pull-ups, not the type he wears, and ran a mile in just under five minutes. I was just taking a sip when you did that. <laughs> well, that's what you get for drinking on the job. <laughs> I will neither confirm or deny that. I'm... Well, I mean, you, you could have been a sip of water, but you're still it, drinking on the job. Yeah, well. Yeah, uh, so there's this great tweet. It's hilarious. I mean, this is not what they actually... It, it is... Folks, it, in, in case you don't quite understand sarcasm, this is a joke. Uh, they said nothing of the sort. They actually admitted that he's got a little bit of weakness here and some issues there, but totally sane, totally, you know, not. Okay, so, so tell me something. Was there a cognitive test done? No. Then how would they know? Are they just omniscient? I, I'm, I'm waiting. Waiting for an answer. Okay, she doesn't have one. All right, well. Uh, no, 
Okay. <laughs> Let's just say no. And you know what's really interesting is all of us that are asking are being told, you know, that we're bigoted and we're istophobic. What a and all surprise. This stuff. Yeah. And yet they same people that are calling us all those names demanded one of Trump and when he passed it with flying colors, they made fun of him for it. And then they shut up after that and never said it. Said no, they made fun of them. They, oh. They're still doing whatever it was, man, book, whatever the thing was. They're still making fun of him for being forced to take and passing with flying colors the thing that Biden's too terrified to do. So I, I don't know. Come on, I, I, man. Come on, man. It's like it's like you should have to get a drug test. And Yeah. Anyway, so the joke, uh, this, this great tweet. That I just have to share some of the replies because they're just too much fun. President Biden did 36 push-ups, 11 pull-ups, not the type he wears, and ran a mile in just under five minutes according to the results of his physical fitness test. I mean, it sounds like something straight out of North Korea. Right. (laughs) So now uh, the tweets, I just have to share some of these because these are hilarious. Of course, we contributed because that's the way we roll. However, when they had him write a paragraph to read out loud, he dangled multiple deviant part- participles, confused all the homophones, and exhausted everyone with a steady stream of lies and runaway ellipses. Total fail. So this is from uh, Text Girl MC on Twitter. Uh, let's see. I-, I just have to read some of these because it's hilarious. They they got funnier and funnier. I can attest to the sub five minute mile. I was trying to keep up. He even had to. Had time to stop and kill two stones with one bird. <laughs> this is getting kind of Chuck Norrisy, isn't it? Oh, that that was what I said. Is um, uh, this guy Biden also bench pressed five hundred bra- pa- bleh. Biden also bench pressed five hundred pounds, broke the Olympic record for the high jump, and passed the Mensa test with the highest score ever recorded. The man is a walking miracle. Somebody said not to mention eighty-one million votes. Um, you forgot that he threw a two hundred mile fastball in the World Series. In outer space after he landed on the moon. <laughs> then they posted a Photoshop picture of, of not Trump not throwing a baseball, but whatever. It's so funny how people keep having to, you know, show their TDS. Yeah, here it is. Person, woman, man, camera, TV, that's your genius. So they forced him to take the test. He passed it with flying colors. And to this day, they're still making fun of him for for passing it i I don't i don't i don't get it um (laughs) not to mention he has genes dating back to ireland and puerto rico (laughs) he was there in person filming neil armstrong stepping onto the moon and did it without a (laughs) spacesuit. i i wrote i I can't find my post but i wrote uh he 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 beat the latest ai in chess uh bested the get us world record hot dog championship and took out Chuck Norris in one punch. So that was my contribution. And and it just got worse from there, but I, I, it was, it was a lot of fun. And the TDSers were more funny looking at how butthurt they got because they have no sense of humor. And, and their idea of a comeback is to make fun of Trump. It's like, dude, we're not talking about Trump. This had nothing to do with Trump, and you just can't let it go. 
I mean, he hasn't been in office for two years. Right. Let it freaking go. Can't do it. That's so all that, that's got. their idea of an intelligent comeback is to make fun of the guy who's not in office. No, no, honey. Keep, sweetie, honey, boo, look at me. Come on now. Keep up. We're not talking about the orange man. We're talking about the diaper ice cream man. Okay? Hilarious. <laughs> Cracks my butt up. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah. Well, we typically like to start the show with saying goodbye to... I mean, we don't like to start the show yeah. but that way, but if there are folks that had an effect on our lives or... Mm. Uh, had an effect on the yeah, public definitely. life, and, and there were a few. Yeah, last week I forgot to mention the passing of my favorite songwriter from the 60s whose name was not Dylan McCartney or Lennon, uh, Burt Bacharach, who co-wrote a, 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 a bunch a, yeah. a bunch of hits with Hal David, um, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Walk On By. Walk um, On By. Um, I say a little prayer. And, say a little prayer for you. And my two favorites, This Guy's in Love With You and... I don't know that one. Pardon me? I don't know that one. You see this guy. This guy's in love with you. Ooh, if, if only our audience could see just how sexy yes, you are when you sing. <laughs> Who looks at you the way I do when you smile... I can tell we know each other very well. How can I show you? What am I doing? I'm singing the whole damn song. Well, we're not on YouTube, so we don't have to worry about getting to Oh, that, there's that. And, and my all-time favorite of his, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Raindrops Keep Falling on My so, Head. So, I, I have, and, and just he just... like the guy's feet are too big for his bed. You Actually, it's your head course, that's too big for the bed. Shush. And and the... Um, so I did me some talking to the sun. That's right, we did. And I said I didn't like the way he got things done. Sleeping on the job. That was my song when I lived in Seattle. That was like every day I yeah, wake up Yeah, every day. Raindrops like, falling in my hand Yo, again. Yo, son. I don't I, like the I, way I, you're not getting crap done. Dude, you know something? Seriously. I am going to stop the rain by complaining. I'm going to complain. I don't... I'm Gonna stop the no, rain I just, by complaining. That's such a great song from I such love a great that movie. Song and the lyrics make no sense at all, and I still they love do it. to me. But anyway, yeah. Um, well, at least they rhyme. I mean, it's yeah. And of course, than... the look of love by Dusty Springfield. <laughs> Always something there to remind me my naked eyes. I mean, just over and really, oh, he did that. Yeah. Always something there to yeah. remind. God, he... that song's been remade a billion times. Yeah, that was a, that that hit version was a remake. Wow. But yeah, it was, it was good stuff. I did good not know stuff. he wrote that. Yeah. So, so just on and on and on. Some of the best legend. songs I've ever heard. Legend. legend. Goodbye. And, I mean, yeah, he was 94. He was 94. You entertained multiple generations. Quite. There's a lot quite. to be said. No, a lot of my, you yes. know, people of all generations that I talk to about it, they just love him. The, yeah. All the musicians, you know, all, all the big songwriters are saying, you know, without him, I wouldn't, you know... I wouldn't have a job. I mean, um, Elvis Costello did an album with him and did this amazing, you know, a couple of really great songs. Yeah. And, you know, he 
collaborated with a lot of people. I apologize for the grinding that you are most certainly and hearing that's in that mic. That's what friends are for by that's, Dionne Warwick. That, that, and a bunch that's of our puppy. Stuff. Yeah, I thought we weren't letting uh, them back that in. That is the perfect... Well, they were whining and scratching at the door. They're well, little, they're, they're dogs. babies. They're baby puppies. Well, our, our audience doesn't need to be subjected to these ding-dings, uh, do they? Everybody loves puppies. Even if they are grind, grind, scrape, scrape, yep, yeah, yep. I know it's yeah. it's it's crazy that, making. That but. song made her. I mean, everything that I love about her is that song. Well, they wrote all of her no, big hits. You can always count on me. Yeah, he co-wrote that with sure. his wife, Carol Bayer Sager. That's what friends and are for. He also did a bunch of song. his own albums of his songs, instrumental orchestral versions of it. But I personally love. If if, if I were blind. And I had no idea what a smile looked like. That song would be the go-to. That yeah. song is a smile. She, she's uh, yeah. God. I loved her in that song. So another another great that passed. Um, one of the legendary beauties of television and, and movies, Raquel. Raquel Welch. Yeah. Holy crowley. They didn't they talk a lot about her on Laughing. Yeah, and she finally showed up <laughs> she, and, and put Dan Rowan in his place. It was or, or Dick Martin and Dick, Dick Martin. Martin. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Uh, yeah, he made a lot of jokes and had a lot of ones that would be inappropriate fifty years later. Oh but, no, yeah, but yeah, it was. She was a beauty. Yeah, uh, she was beauty. She, she embodied. And, yeah. I, and she was. She was. She, she was up there. I hate though. to use she the term gracefully. sex symbol, but she was one of the. No, one of those. she was the. Um, yeah, she was in. Uh, I, I was telling Melanie about a movie I saw in the 70s. I don't know if it was any good. I remembered liking it as a kid because it had Bill Cosby in it. <laughs> but it was Bill Cosby, Raquel Welch, and an actor I'd never seen before named Harvey Keitel. You know, turned out to be one of the all-time great actors. It was called uh, Mother Jugs and Speed, where they played ambulance drivers. Oh, and dear. It was, I, I still can't I, well, hear Bill Cosby's name without feeling sad. Well, <laughs> still that's feel another, sad. Yeah, it was a sad situation he got himself in. Anyway... Um, she was beautiful and great actress, good model, yeah, be- better actress than people gave her credit for because she was so good looking, you know how it is. Yeah. Um, and then this afternoon I got the very, very sad news that one of my very favorite stand-up comics, well, he's not so much known for his stand-up Yeah, because I didn't even know he did stand-up but comedy, was, I'm going to be looking it up. He was a legendary stand-up comic, there was, if we'll look up this special called One Lone Nut. Okay. Okay, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's available somewhere, but he was a great stand-up comic for years before he became well established as an actor, but he played Detective John Munch on both Homicide Life on the Street and Law and Order SVU and best opening sequence ever. No, actually, the the amazing thing is he also made guest appearances in that character on eight other shows. That's ten shows he was on. Holy moly. Including uh, Arrested Development. We saw that episode because we've okay. seen the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, we love that show. Um, the, the original Law and Order, mm-hmm. The Wire, Sesame Street. Special Victims Unit, this, that, and yeah, that. Yeah, all over Even the Sesame place. Street. He appeared as a Muppet. What? Yeah. He yes. did? Okay, I'm yes. going to have to watch that one. Um, yeah. So he was... Iconic. But he was iconic. He wrote a great book that has influenced me to this very day. It's called How to Be a Stand-Up Comic. Really? Yeah. He also wrote numerous... He was a, a conspiracy theorist expert. The guy wrote numerous volumes on JFK 
and the CIA and other stuff. That I would may, frankly, I'm surprised you've known his take on I, I, the things we'll be talking about yeah, in the second I, half of I, our I, show. I'm not sure. Maybe he published a few things on it. He 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 leaned left, but I but when it comes to conspiracy theories, he was like really. Oh, you're in Hollywood. You've got to lean. Well, yeah, I know. The law. But he was um, he, he was in a couple movies I saw another kid like The Groove Tube and A Night Shift with Henry Winkler and uh, Michael Keaton. That was a fun movie he was in. Um, but yeah, Richard Belzer, we will miss you. You were a legend. Too bad. Well, he was old. Oh, Maybe. well, yeah. But... I mean, it was, he wasn't a young man. He had cancer. His okay, cancer he had a sucks. good run. Yeah. How's that? Instead of too bad, we'll miss you, whatever, whatever. Well, I will miss He had him. a good run. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that sounds so I know. It cliched really, it, it anymore. It does. It does. Like, he had a good run. Screw you. I don't have a good run. I'm not done yet. What are you <laughs> doing to me here? Uh, so, all righty. Well, let's head on into our favorite part of the show. Counterculture Wise is proud to present News of the Weird and Wonderful. Here are your hosts, Melanie Hope and Jim Monis. I tried to play the sounder twice. I'm better than that. I apologize. Now it's News of the Weirder and Wonderful. <laughs> it's whoa, News whoa, of the whoa, What whoa, the whoa, Heck whoa. Was I Thinking? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Um, we only have a few stories today because we have a lot to talk about. This one, it, it's more weird than wonderful, but it's another tweet thread <laughs> that was more fun <laughs> than a body should be allowed it, to have. It, it backfired big. Yeah. So yeah. PETA, who, believe it or not, I, back in my, I mean, I've always been a barefoot tree-hugging baby and I still am. But back in my young, dumb days, when I didn't know any better, I was a big supporter of PETA. Um, now that I see that they're absolutely crazy, I'm kind of not. But they posted, present your best argument for eating bacon. Now, keep in mind, this was a while ago, and I just found this thread, but it is hilarious. Let's hear it. Well, I mean, there were several that were talking about... Uh, how about you present your best argument for kidnapping people's pets and euthanizing them? That's a different story for a dis- different time that I don't want to get into. Um, <laughs> some of the other ones were, I mean, there's the obvious because they're yummy. <laughs> mm-hmm. This one, this uh, well, we're not on YouTube, so I can say it. People who eat bacon are less likely to blow themselves up. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just... Literal ouch. Perfect. I do actually have a shirt. Where did it go? I haven't seen it for a while. Yeah, I don't know. People eating tasty animals. Yeah. Well, they are so... We got that at a beef jerky store in uh, Vegas. They are so butthurt about that. They actually wrote on on their blog, If you think your PETA acronym joke is original, you're... Badly mistaken, and they go off. <laughs> and I mean, they just have all of these people saying it because it's funny, but they think that pointing out that all of these people were joking about it somehow makes it not funny, and it mm-hmm. just gets funnier and funnier and funnier. 
Uh, and then people were really nailing it because killing an animal and eating it is better than putting a healthy animal down for no good reason like your organization does. It, it just got worse from there. But it was it was pretty epic. But most of them were uh, because they're yummy. <laughs> Just don't, you know, don't post questions that you don't want the answer to. I'm just saying. I, I'm sad, though, because they, they could up. have done a lot of work. I mean, I am still to this day an anti-vivisectionalist. Right. I believe, I don't believe, okay, animal rights, whatever. Some of them get really crazy. Uh, we just revisited the video earlier this week that I think is from a year or two ago. Of these guys that went to a duck slaughtering plant and strapped their necks to the the oh, assembly no. line, and it got turned on by accident because nobody knew they were actually there, and they started getting you know sent through, <laughs> and they started screaming and freaking out. They're about to out. become dead ducks. It was kind of hilarious. So. <laughs> The thing is, if you want to change minds and hearts, you don't do it by being, you know, dickwads. You just don't. And these guys took it in the wrong direction. You know, I mean, they're like the ones that... They're like the... the oh, I can't remember the name of the organization, but they're the ones that don't believe in fossil fuels so they they're gluing themselves to artwork which literally has nothing to do with the situation so there is a lot of uh, rest in peace for Mr. Belzer on Twitter right now he's trending well yeah he was a uh, very great detective munch was a great character he, but he i mean one plus, of a kind yeah one of a kind yeah it's all you know my my favorite law and order character overall was uh you know, Jerry Orbach's character. He was he was he was great, but it's a photo finish and Belzer was amazing on that show too. So there it is. All right, and let's see. Alright, so more wonderful than weird. This is interesting. Yes it is. A research team led by specially appointed Professor Masanori Koda from the Graduate School of Science at the Osaka Osaka. Metropolitan University. He paused because he knew I was going to say that. He demonst <laughs> has demonstrated that fish think it's me when they see themselves in a picture. The researchers found that the determining factor was not seeing their own body, but seeing their face. These findings have been published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. In this study, relevant experiments were conducted with Labroidus demodiatus, commonly known as a cleaner fish, which are known to be able to recognize themselves in mirrors and regularly attack other unfamiliar cleaner fish who intrude on their territory. Each cleaner fish was presented with four photographs, a photo of themselves, a photo of an unfamiliar cleaner, a photo of their own face on an unfamiliar cleaner's body, and a photo of an unfamiliar cleaner's face on their own body. Interestingly, the cleaner fish did not attack photos of their own faces, but did attack those of the faces of unfamiliar cleaner fish. Together, these results indicate that the cleaner fish determined who was in the photograph based on the face in the photo, but not the body in the similar way that humans do. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. I had no idea, no idea that fish had that kind of cognitive ability. That's, that's mm -hmm. fascinating. Outstanding. 
Outstanding. All right. Well, <laughs> since we have so much to talk about, I just thought some of these are going to be a lot of fun. So let's head on into... Oh, now, see, that's why we can't have nice things. This first one... Uh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to read the headline. I don't usually read the headline because I like to, to build suspense. Right, I do too. No, but I think this headline pretty much says it all. Man seen holding gun to cat's head during virtual court hearing. What did you say, mother? It wasn't you, Max. Charged after pointing gun at patrons of George's in Hewitt. Oh, Golly, this is our neighborhood, isn't it? This is like not Hewitt, too far Hewitt away. Is, Hewitt is like up five the road from us. us. Yeah, oh it's, it's, God! Oh boy! A Spiegelville man who held a gun to the a Spiegelville, cat's, yeah, yeah, to a cat's head during a virtual court hearing last week is back in the McLennan County Jail on charges. He pointed a gun at patrons of a popular Hewitt. Re- Fritzy's really upset about this one. Yeah, <laughs> popular Hewitt restaurant. Byron Bruce, 41, who has a history of mental health issues. Yeah, I think. think. <laughs> we didn't even look at each other. Just... <laughs> is scheduled for a P psychological evaluation Wednesday morning after his arrest Tuesday on a Class A misdemeanor deadly conduct charge. Arrest document alleged. Arrest document. The one document. Arrest document. God, people, seriously, editing. Not even joking. What is this? Yeah, Waco, Texas, KW. Hello, Waco, Texas, KWTX. If you need an editor, I am available. Arrest documents. Alleged Bruce sat down on a lobby bench at Georgia's restaurant and bar number two, Hewitt Drive, pulled a pistol and pointed it at several customers. This is Texas, so like 97 people pointed their pistols back at him and said, <laughs> Good luck, buddy. There was no initial report made. And the persons who persons who had the gun pointed at them appear unaware of what was happening. Based what is with the pronouns? Based on the lack of reaction on the video, an arrest affidavit states, "Yeah, it's Texas. You point a gun at us, we're going to be like, you just better be a good aim." That's all I'm saying. Video from Georgia's clearly shows a white male pointing a handgun in the direction of several people, putting them in imminent danger of serious bodily bodily injury. According to the affidavit. Um, the managing partner uh, knows Bruce is a former George's employee and was able to calm down Brian Bruce and prevent any further violence from occurring. Good job there, Kyle. The incident happened 10 days before who before this fine gentleman who has a felony arrest charge pending. So I'm glad he's on the street was seen holding a pistol to a cat's head. Sorry, Fritzy. On a remote court hearing broadcast on a large screen in the 19th State District, Judge Thomas West Court. He was logged into the hearing remotely, as was his attorney. West asked Bruce why he was holding a 9mm pistol to the cat's head. Bruce told the judge it was not a 9mm, it was a 45 caliber pistol, to which the entire court said, Oh, okay. Unbelievable. Are we really arguing semantics at this point? We sure are. He also told the judge that the cat, which could be seen moving on the teleconference monitor, was not a real cat. He said it was a spy cat. Ooh, spy cat. I wouldn't do that to a real cat, Bruce said. Okay, cuckoo, cuckoo. 
What do you bet he comes out as trans? West ended the hearing after seeing Bruce's behavior and conferred with Assistant District Attorney Will Hicks and Howell. Hicks filed a motion to find Bruce's bond insufficient because Bruce is not allowed to possess firearms as a condition of his bail bond. Howell, in turn, filed a motion to have Bruce undergo a psychological evaluation based on his actions Friday during the hearing. Oh, golly, he's not allowed to have a weapon? Golly, gee willikers, I'm sure that's really going to affect his ability to get one, wink, wink. Um, Later Friday, the uh, McLennan County Sheriff's deputies performed a welfare check on Bruce and took him for temporary commitment to a local mental health facility. Thank God. West issued an arrest warrant in the deadly conduct case on Monday, and Bruce was arrested and jailed Wednesday. If Waco psychologist Lee Carter determines that Bruce is not competent to stand trial, a hearing will be set, and he will likely be ordered to undergo treatment at a state mental facility. will still exist, thank God in an effort for him to regain his competency to face the arson and deadly conduct charges, court officials said Wednesday. Bruce is charged with setting a grassy area on fire that spread to a detached garage on his own family's property. Oh, this guy is a piece of work. Wow. Well, Waco, stay weird. All right. Speaking of weird, we're going to go back to our old stomping grounds. And this is, yeah, this is not Seattle, this is Lost Wages. Even one of the most noticeable vehicles in America was not immune to the uptick in catalytic converter thefts across the country last week. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Say it isn't so. I will say, you don't want to wish this. The iconic Oscar Mayer Wienermobile was hit by thieves at some point Thursday night while located in the parking lot of the Sonesta Suites on Paradise Road in Las Vegas. The burglary was discovered Friday morning when the crew couldn't get the wiener on wheels to start it. Get the wiener on wheels! (laughs) Oh, it gets better. (laughs) Wiener on wheels to start ahead of a 10 a.m. appearance. I wonder if it's the same wiener on wheels that we got to see. Um, I know there's several of them. Yeah, there's there's like seven or eight of them. But anyway, might have been. The burglar was discovered Friday morning when the crew couldn't get the wiener on Who wheels to start the thing. Who steals a wiener's catalytic converter? <laughs> I don't know. They stole a converter from a from a uh, Frankenfurter. Anyway, ahead of a 10 a.m. appearance at Smith's on West Warm Springs Road, the 27-foot-long Meyer mobile was ultimately towed to the Penske truck rental at West Hacienda in South Decatur, where mechanics installed a temporary catalytic converter so weird that i can actually picture those streets yeah i know exactly where they're talking about but that's what happens when you live somewhere for a decade yeah working on a tight schedule the wienermobile did not have time to relish in the theft no so mechanics quickly sealed up the area where the catalytic converter had been cut out please no the crew made it to its first appearance of the weekend without missing a beat las vegas outlets reported that senesta suites corporate is looking into the theft the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department reportedly said early Friday it had not received a report of the theft involving the Wienermobile. Are you saying they couldn't mustard any? Can you, can you wait until I get to the next line? Oh, no. Are they really going to? The Wiener mustard its way to oh! two more stops. Oh! Oh, this past no. weekend is reportedly still in operations. <laughs> the mechanic shop said it could take a couple of months for a new catalytic converter to come in. Wow, it's going to take a long time for them to catch up. Yes. They're going to have to haul buns after that. Yes. 
I wish Dave were in chat. <laughs> Dave, where are you when we need you the most? Yeah, in case you didn't know, we, we did see one recently just as a just by total coincidence. They'd already closed up and weren't giving away hot dogs anymore, so I blew it up. No, I, I'm kidding. I, no, they let us go in and see it. It yeah, was cool. Which I, I didn't, I don't know why, but I decided not to go inside and look. You, you did. Yeah, it was cool. We got our photo taken with it, which yeah. is cool. It was on, on Facebook for a while. All our, all our places, all our things. Yes. Yeah. All our faces. All, all right. Our places. This, um, yeah, this is a really, really smart guy. <laughs> Let's hear about the smart guy. Yeah. His name is Kingsley Burnett, a New York resident, like most travelers, was likely looking forward to his planned trip to Sydney, Australia. However, when his trip was delayed in late January, he accidentally booked a flight to Sydney, Montana instead. Whoa, bit of a difference. Um, yeah. Burnett, originally from Jamaica, shared photos of his unplanned and extremely unexpected journey to the treasure state. Burnett told this uh, storyful, I guess it's a fox something or other, that after departing New York's LaGuardia Airport on January 26th, he landed in Billings, Montana. That's a significantly shorter flight than going to Australia. I know Quite this firsthand. Bit. Quite a bit. Burnett didn't think much of it because that airport was a common location for travelers to connect to Sydney. Montana, just a few hundred miles east of Billings. The only problem is he was off by one letter. I had to find out for myself that Billings, Montana would only take me to Sydney, Montana, where there are no kangaroos waiting to welcome Mr. Burnett, he lamented. Oh, God, he talks to himself. Third person, sad. This little sad face, he's got a sad face. According to the New York Post, Burnett realized he wasn't going to Sydney when he saw the size of his plane. I saw the little plane with like nine passengers and wondered, how is that going to get me to Australia? Did he not see the size of his ticket price? Because that would have been a dead giveaway as well. Of course, this is a guy okay, who so kept he's the not, price he's tag not on get the, the inside Mensa bill of, the year of his. Award. This is a guy who wears a baseball cap and then puts a hoodie over it and still has the price tag on the inside of the baseball cap. So not thinking he's a scholar of any sort. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this guy might might not be the, the sharpest... Uh, Knife in the jaw. Okay. Burnett said he was planning on taking a cruise from Sydney Harbor. My story in a bottle ended with Carol Castellano and the American Airlines counter as she tried to send me to the correct place. Unfortunately, that turned out to be back to New York City after a night out in Billings. Thanks, Carol, Burnett told Storyful. Burnett told Storyful he rescheduled his trip to Sydney, Australia for June 13th. Yeah. All right, this is a tragic story. Uh-oh. Um, it is. And, uh, a heartbroken mother from Newark, New Jersey, is demanding answers oh, after this, a 12-year-old yes, son collapsed and died during football practice. No one at the practice knew CPR. Seriously? Let's say that again. No one at the practice no knew CPR. I mean, and the ambulance was delayed. no one. I, I thought, don't you have to at least... You would think at least the coaches or... At least watch it on TV. At least try. Try. Even if you do it wrong, at least you tried. No one at the practice knew CPR. I'll say it again. And the ambulance was delayed, Raven Brown told CBS2. I'm numb right now. I've been crying, said Brown. Well, obviously. 
Her oldest son, Elijah Jordan Brown Garcia, died after he went to a youth football practice at Westside Park with his younger brother after school Friday. He had no prior health issues, Brown said. Elijah's brother called their mom after he collapsed. He said they're throwing water on him and they're fanning him, said Brown. What? Great. When you have a heart attack, nothing helps like fanning you and... and Putting water on you. And splashing you with water. According to Brown, people on the field called 911 twice, and she called a third time and rushed over. 911 can even tell you how to do CPR. Yeah. Why, why didn't they at least do that? I don't know. An ambulance arrived about 30 to 40 minutes later, by which point he's not only really dead, he's really most sincerely dead. Why? She said. Elijah was pronounced dead at University Hospital, and the family is awaiting autopsy results and a huge lawsuit. Brown told her. I'm kidding, but not really. I hope she does. Brown said she asked the coach of of the team, the Essex County Predators, never call your team with children on it, Predators, why no one seemed to know what to do. And he said, none of us are CPR certified, said Brown. What Sue the school district while you're on it. child to... Collapse and die. Of Sue the heart county condition? because a coach should know CPR. Well, duh. Somebody there needs to know it. That's just Somebody. how it's supposed to be. I mean, I took CPR when oh. I was in high school, oh. and I, you know, I, I, I'm not certified, but I have seen there's been significant changes. Right. Because it used to be, you know, one, two, three, breathe, one, two. No, now it's more about the chest compressions. But yeah. holy crap. This is something they could have instructed over the phone. Why didn't 911 at least help them do that? Anyway, too little too late.com. Oh, the coach man. has since pledged to get everyone CPR certified. Gee, thanks. Said. However, no team leaders or reps for the league, Big 21, based in Bloomfield, got back to CBS for comment. They reached out to the city of Newark for information on the alleged ambulance delay. A spokesperson referred us to the sheriff's office and then. We were referred to the county prosecutor, who told us they are not investigating. Why? The city and the sheriff would not comment. A hospital spokesperson told us they cannot comment to pro- due to protected health information. New Jersey schools are required to have defibrillata- defibrillators at practices. And- yeah, you put the... <laughs> Yeah, okay. Let's, this, uh, this you put isn't the emphasis the time. on the wrong syllable, and yeah, that whole word this, this, just this messes is, up. This is no time for that. Yeah. Defibrillators at practices and at least one person trained in CPR, but they are not required at private youth athletic events. That needs to change now. I, you, call, you would think that anybody you know, and, in and, charge and, of the youth would do it And call it the Elijah Brown Garcia bill, yeah. because that has to happen, okay? Yeah. Anyway. It shouldn't even have to be the government that does this. It shouldn't. Anybody who has children in their care should know this. I mean, I, even as a babysitter, you should know this. Okay. The fat vacationer, former Governor Chris Christie, yeah. in 2015, vetoed a bill that would have required them across the board. He's a piece the, of work. Isn't well, he? he's gone. He doesn't matter no more. He's a nothing. These, those coaches out there, they need to be CPR certified, said Brown. He was a great kid, a great, amazing kid, and he didn't deserve this. He enjoyed playing football. He enjoyed dancing. He was a big brother to his siblings, said Zaneda Garcia, Elijah's aunt. 
A memorial and balloon release for Elijah is being planned for Saturday. I guess must probably happened yesterday at the field. Yeah, didn't they shoot down all those balloons? Yeah, probably. According to the American Heart Association, just 8% of people who suffer cardiac arrest outside the hospital survive. But immediate CPR from a bystander can double or even triple the chances of survival. He was just a baby. He, he was, was just, just a, a child. child. That is just wrong. Anyway, that was that was courtesy of CBS News New York. Um, still like to know how a twelve-year-old ends up dying of heart problems. Well, yeah, but I mean that that it can be a number of causes. I don't want to go there. We have plenty to talk about about the you know what and about <laughs> fifteen minutes or Give so. Or take yeah. Yeah. Honolulu. So. Let's head on over to the Lulu. one state I haven't made it to. I have, yeah. It's cool. Yeah, bite it's me. It's fun. It's fun. <clears throat> the suspect in the hit and run that killed 16-year-old Sarah Yara as she walked to school has a lengthy record of traffic offenses and has been driving without a license for years. Of course. Despite frequent stops by police. Gosh, I wonder if that's another one of those... Soros joints where the prosecutors, uh, yeah. Mitchell Miyashiro, 45, was released shortly after turning himself into police on Thursday. Why? He murdered somebody. Yara's family was a public, what, bleh. Yara's family was public about their grief when they visited the scene on, okay, so this is Hawaii, so I know every single vowel. Cap E. Alani Boulevard in hopes of quick justice for her death. Miyashiro's release pending further investigation may be hard to accept, but it is normal in vehicular homicide cases. I'm not okay with that, though. Not with this many. Defense attorney Patrick McPherson, who does not represent Miyashiro, said hit-and-run cases require a detailed investigation that takes time. Many times you have hit and run accident, the person was drinking. They run because the alcohol increases the offense level, so now it makes it more difficult to prove. You really think they're thinking that far ahead in the moment? Mm, no. The investigation requires police to search and thoroughly examine the abandoned vehicle to rule out other drivers and confirm it was the same truck that struck the victim. I, I think they're giving this person way more credit than is due. It could also involve retracing Miyashiro's actions before the incident to see if he was drinking or using drugs. A Hawaii News Now examination of Miyashiro's traffic record turned up virtually every offense except drunk driving. Court records going back to 1996 show at least 164 traffic infractions and crimes. What? In the last five years, court records show he was stopped 12 times for allegedly driving without a license. How do you Can allegedly you just drive? shoot the guy, please? How do you allegedly drive? Either you have a license or you don't. There's no allegedly there. Maybe he hasn't gone to court or whatever. But, he was convicted six times for the offense, which is a traffic crime, but he was never sentenced to time in jail. He should have been. Like, the second time. <laughs> I believe giving anyone a second chance. That's even though that as a repeat offender, he was potentially eligible for jail time. Golly, I wonder what he has that makes it so that he doesn't have to do jail time like the rest of everybody. McPherson said some drivers get more dangerous as they go years without a license. Yeah, think? 
They become a little more reckless in their driving because there's no accountability. There's no responsibility. Yeah, think? Think.com. So the, we don't own that one. We will. <laughs> Colormesurprise.com. We do, though. Mm. So the driver just drives however they want to because it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. If police can't prove drugs or alcohol were involved in his driving, Miroshiro could get uh, 10 years for fleeing the scene of the death. The same penalty as a drunk driving homicide could get. Did you think 10 years is really going to make that mother feel better? No. Her little girl was walking to school. Just minding her own business is the Do you think this goes. guy who's walking free right now after 164 traffic and Send a hit squad. The police aren't doing their job. Am I, am I being too rough? No. No. I'm send a hit squad to the police. Yeah, that too. Disavow, disavow, disavow. I don't mean that. Yeah, I do. But under a new law inspired by the tragic death of... Kaluna Werner in 2016, hit and run combined with DUI could bring even more time. The Werner family expressed support for Yara's oved ones, I think they meant loved ones, and hope Kaluna's, okay, that's probably Kaluna's law may provide some comfort. This is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And it's like, you know, no amount of time is ever going to bring that child back. Why is this guy still out? And probably still driving. I I think that's the one thing that AI and automatic cars is going to solve. Is if you get behind the wheel, the car's just going to be, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Screw you. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have fun with this one. Because really? <laughs> I mean, Unbelievable. Really? <laughs> I mean, this, this should be self-evident, but... It's 2023. Let's roll. Pole heels, dirty lingerie, and ripped and stained clothing have been discovered among inappropriate donations made to survivors of the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. What are these people doing? Videos shared on TikTok show volunteers sifting through boxes of aid, pulling out items including 10-inch latex heels. Wow. Another video showed a silver disco crop top. Stay alive! All the trans victims, because they they need. Oh no! Outfits. Come on now! No no no! Brown stained towels. You and, and lingerie no, pulled no, out. No no no! And lingerie pulled out. Clothing collection drop offs are not a place where you can empty your trash. A comment read. I think these people do. also have pride. Does your conscience not hurt at all? It is enough for God's sake. Please, enough. I echo their sentiments. Amen. Volunteers working around the clock as part of the relief efforts have appealed for dignity in charity. They shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, that's not charity, So there's a people. pair of ripped leggings, a photo of uh, 10-inch heels. Some blankets were stained or ripped. Hooray. Aram Meto, CEO of the Turkish Cypriot Community Association based in London, told Metro.co.uk that a fifth of all donations were inappropriate or unusable. We were very clear. Twenty percent. Yeah, a full twenty percent of things that people quote quote donate. I mean, my God! (laughs) I mean, my God! We were very clear about what donations we would accept. We did say we would not accept any inappropriate clothing. He said, for example, no thin layer clothing, dresses, or high heels. When donations come through, we do a two stage cycling system. 
The first stage is removing any secondhand, no good for anything donations. Our volunteers filter those, filter these through, and they are discarded. For example, hygiene products that are only half full and have been used. I don't want to know. Well, I don't want to know. This is not appropriate. Such donations are thrown away. Once we get through that first stage, anything that is again not appropriate for the location we're gathering donations for, but is still usable, we would package separately and give to trade. The sheer magnitude of the two earthquakes led to the deadliest natural disaster in the region in the last 100 years. According to Turkish authorities, more than 36,000 people have been killed and the death, cult, the death toll continues to rise. Wow. Meanwhile, the Syrian government and the United Nations say that more than 5,800 victims have been recorded across the border. The world is watched in horror as hundreds of thousands of people in two countries have been left without shelter and warm clothes in as low as 0% centigrade. Oh, no. So freezing. Doctor, uh, Mr. Meadow, a filmmaker from Turkish Cypriot descent, said donations were fire, far higher than in the past. On the day the earthquakes took place, TCCA received more than 240 phone calls from people desperate to help. To put this in perspective, the association normally registers between 30 and 40 at the most. I was under the impression millions had died. I don't know what, what I was thinking. But anyway, it's still too many people. We've done a lot of donation schemes in the past to help the homeless, people in Ukraine, and we supported the community during COVID, the CEO said. But this time the donations were far higher than we expected. By Wednesday, we had already retracted our appeal for donations. Most organizations have stressed that money is the best way to help the victims of the catastrophic event. What may be well-intentioned efforts to donate items such as clothing becomes a logistical nightmare when having to be transported across the border. Yeah. Mr. Meadows said a number of organizations have been collecting anything they can without a system of sifting through it. He said large lorries, which are independent from any official charity, charities have been transporting aid to Turkey and dumping it on the side of the road because there are no available storage oh, facilities. No. That just makes things worse. I would say about 20% of the items we received was not appropriate, so we didn't send any of it, he added. Even when we collect for the homeless, we get inappropriate items. We've seen people giving us high heels, for example. We also do not forward if it is not necessary. Our plan is to hold on to clothes for two to three months, then send it. At the moment, senders are receiving too much of it and are having to stock them in import depots in the co countries of origin. We're just still extra sending work at a time that they don't need it. Just send money, people. Yeah. If you can. For example, we just do two shipments of camping tents. That is how we are working. You'll see so. tents. That's practical. Yeah. Water. You know. Uh, Always water. Cans of food. You know. Money, just send money. high heels, they'll know sex toys. I mean, yeah. what, what else Come are you gonna on, do? People, mm, soiled towels. I mean, just you have some class, people. And the That's one thing all. a lot of people don't think about is pet food. Carriers. Definitely, I, I remember when we had the flooding situation when we lived in Washington State, and the number one thing they needed was was kennels and carriers mm -hmm. to, to get those animals to safety. Right, you don't think about things like that. It's true, you know, that just. Ugh. All right, let's uh, hear from Chuck. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with our interview. And now, CCW News presents, holy crap, this is actually happening. Thrills, chills, and toxic spills edition, Valentine's Day after 2023. I'm Chuck U. Farley. The big news this week is the lack of news on the deadly gas still billowing for the Ohio train derailment, 
followed closely by the news blackout of the lethal gases spewing from the Texas train derailment, followed closely by yet another toxic chemical explosion from a truck wreck in Arizona. In each case, authorities are assuring the public that they are completely safe and should just ignore fast-spreading multicolored chemical clouds, dead animals, and any signs of sudden-onset cancer. While train derailments have recently increased significantly due to Biden's soft spot for terrorists, Chief Transportation Diversity Hire Booty Juice blamed his incompetence on Trump, per script. Since allowing the Chinese to fly spy equipment over the entirety of the continental U.S., which highlighted the Biden regime's ineptness rather than distracted from it as planned, they're now diverting to a story based entirely on unnamed sources, which essentially means it's completely fabricated, that two more spy balloons penetrated U.S. airspace while Trump was in office, but were somehow only spotted after the current potted plant was installed into the Oval Office. These reports are totally plausible if you're willing to believe that no one in all 50 states saw them, no one in the air reported them, and all of the military and three-letter organizations suffered TDS so severely that everyone in every outfit was willing to commit treason by hiding it from the press, the people, and the commander-in-chief. Meanwhile, in an effort to distract the public from the U.S. blowing up the Nord Stream pipelines, investigations into the Biden crime family, prescription drug shortages, and the skyrocketing price of eggs, the military tweaked their tracking systems to be more sensitive to smaller objects and has declared anything that zips, flies, or flutters near our continent's airspace a UFO that needs to be top-gunned out of existence. So far, we've taken out several of our own weather balloons, a rogue bouncy house, and two hang gliders. Speaking of socialist dictators, Canada's Trudeau, who still hasn't given up his totalitarian COVID control, came home from the WEF inspired enough to push an all-encompassing censorship bill. Bill C-11, known as the Online Streaming Act, empowers the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission the power to, quote, assume jurisdiction via regulation over any program that is monetizable because it directly or indirectly generates revenues. End quote. The USA's Democrats did such a good job working with mainstream media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube to censor or flat-out deplatform all other political opposition, Trudeau said in his best Marilyn Monroe impersonation. It's time for Canada to step up and ensure that only state-controlled propaganda is allowed on any platform at any time. Continuing with the topic of government-induced noxious gas... In an effort to make the Grammys even more unpleasant to watch than last year, the entire show took on a satanic theme, literally, with devil horns, BDSM strippers, and Biden's speech red backgrounds. Much of the music was off-key, or not music at all, and in another language. They even took an obviously drug-addled Madonna out of mothballs to show off her new chop shop face. With severely racist overtones, the ritualistic ceremony celebrated deviance, obesity, and child mutilation. By the way, the entire show was sponsored by Pfizer. I swear, I am not making this up. Immediately after releasing their biggest story ever, the board of Project Veritas voted to oust their founder because he may have hurt the feelings of a staffer who never should have been part of the project because he, she, it, they still has pronouns in their bio. There isn't much more to report on this stroke of pure idiocy yet, because without James O'Keefe, nobody gives a crap about Project Veritas. Speaking of strokes, steamed vegetable and favored VP candidate John Fetterman was just released from the hospital after feeling lightheaded from all the hot air at the talk about anything but the actual State of the Union address. Don't worry, folks, it's not serious. 
Word is he only got his neck bolts polished and is already back in Washington, D.C. with the rest of his brain-damaged peers. For CCW News, this has been holy crap. This is actually happening. I'm Chuck U. Farley. Good night, and may God help us. Your parents were jerks and you're traumatized. But that doesn't mean you should use your lousy childhood as an excuse to be a lousy adult. Stop being such a whiner and get past your past already. Bye, get over it and get started. The book by Melanie Hope that will get you out of your self-imposed failure and on the road to greatness. Available in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. In a land filled with deception, corruption, and the slow but steady erosion of constitutional freedom, one jackass, a uh, Democrat, stands head and shoulders above the rest. Coming soon to a state near you, Robert Francis O'Rourke is the Mexican. That's Beto. I mean, uh... <clears throat> That's Beto to you, senor. He is unafraid to show his true colors, whatever they are at a given moment. For too many years, rich white men have run this country. Vote for me, and I promise I will... Now wait a dang minute. You a rich white man? Uh, <clears throat> you must have mistaken me with some gringo, senor. Unafraid to tackle the numbers, even when they don't add up. Well, Max, if we do not change our consumerist, wasteful habits, life as we know it will come to an end in ten years. But, good sir, this timeline is being debunked by the very scientists who believe in climate change. Well, uh, <clears throat> are you saying I am telling a lie? That is very racist of you. Unafraid to tackle you. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s and AK-47s. But sir, how are you going to confiscate millions of firearms without due process and without straining government resources? Well, uh... Trump's border policy is tearing families apart and white people like you think it's alright. Shame on you, gringo! Fear has a new name, and so does Robert Francis O'Rourke, the Mexican, coming soon to a Democratic debate near you. Leaders, listen up. Do you feel like you can't get a dang thing done because of all the namsy-pamsy crybabies that want you to coddle their creativity? When you give orders, are you met with vacant stares only rivaled by a cocker spaniel? It's not them. It's you. You need to shape up or they'll ship you out. Read the Sniper's Guide to Leadership and you'll become a more effective leader, communicator, and motivator. Forget smart goals and learn swift goals. Get the Sniper's Guide to Leadership in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. Today! This show is brought to you in part by Pelosi Gourmet Ice Cream. Pelosi Ice Cream is as yummy as being third in line for the presidency and as cold as one of Nancy's glares. Try all the great flavors in our lineup. Left-wing lime, Power Mad Praline, Loose Denture Licorice, Vodka on the Rocky Road, 
bad orange man sherbet, blowout berry, and our brand new taste combo sensation in peach mint. Whether you store it in your $25,000 freezer or lug it in your cooler as you walk aimlessly down Lombard Street while trying to avoid human feces, you'll love Pelosi Gourmet Ice Cream. Available at an overpriced upscale grocery store near you. Traveling shouldn't be a bore. It should be a chore. And at Dispirited Airlines, we will give you a fully modern flying experience that even the TSA envies. To keep our super low fares in the gutter, you can fully customize your experience by paying for endless extras. Carry on? No problem. We charge by the ounce for our convenience. Checked bags? No problem. <laughs> we don't check anything. Seat? You can't fly without one or the fee that comes with it. Air masks? Window shades? Vents? All yours for the asking and a low fee just below your ticket price. Pillow? Peanuts or water? 1950 called and wants its expectations back. You won't find such nonsense on Dispirited. We are a modern airline. As soon as you clean up after the previous occupant, you'll enjoy all the modern conveniences of a storage pocket and, on flights over two hours, a free reading light. Upgrade to our super deluxe seating package that includes cushions and armrests and is even bolted to the fuselage for your added safety. Another hallmark of our airline is our truly unique approach to customer service, meaning we don't offer any. At Dispirited, we treat you just like family. Get a truly 21st century family experience from our dour, ticked off, overworked and underpaid flight attendants, counter agents and flight crews. We might even start arguing with you and asking about your failed marriage, your dead end job or your weight. Just to remind you why you have to fly Dispirited in the first place, you cheap loser. For a travel experience you'll never forget, although Lord knows you will try, call us today at 1-800-DISPIRITED or book online at pleaseforthelovofgoddon'tcancelmyflightagain.com. Dispirited Airlines, third world service with first world fees. everybody. This is Fritzina Fluffybottom. Did you know that we have a subscribe star? We do! There are lots of fabulous extra things on there that you can't get anywhere else, like outtakes, new books, and extra videos. And you can sign up for as little as one dollar. Our entire show is funded by you, our loyal viewers. Please make sure you sign up today so that mommy and daddy can get me shiny new bells for my collar, extra feathery toys, yummy crumbly cat food bowls made just for kitty cats, more cow pillows for my couch, name brand albacore tuna, my own Before we head into the interview, this is a really interesting article. It is an opinion piece, but it was published in Newsweek, which one would not expect. True, true. Yeah, and the title is, It's Time for the Scientific Community to Admit We Were Wrong About covid and it cost lives. 
This is written by Kevin Bass, uh, listed as an MSMD PhD student medical school. Okay, so he's still a student, but this is interesting because kind of sounds like he's a convert in a way. Uh, so I'm just going to read this verbatim because it's quite interesting, and feel free to make comments along the way. It's pretty long, though. It, yeah, we, uh, we'll, we'll see because there's a lot of truth bombs in here. As a medical student and researcher, I, I hate anybody who starts something with as a. <laughs> I just have an instant hate. Okay. As a medical student and researcher, I staunchly supported the efforts of the public health authorities when it came to COVID-19. I believe that the authorities responded to the largest public health crisis of our lives with compassion, diligence, and scientific expertise. All right, dude. I was with them when they called for lockdowns, vaccines, and boosters. I was wrong. We, in the scientific community, were wrong, and it cost lives. Betcha he's the only one who admits this, unless he's being facetious. We'll see. I can see now that the scientific community, from the CDC to the WHO to the FDA and their representatives, repeatedly overstated the evidence and misled the public about its own views and policies, including on natural versus artificial immunity, school closures and disease transmission, aerosol spread, mask mandates, and vaccine effectiveness and safety, especially among the young. All of these were scientific mistakes at the time, not in hindsight. Amazingly, some of these obfuscations continue to the present day. There were a lot of us that knew all of this, and we were called crazy. Or grandma killers or you know the list goes on but perhaps more important than any individual error was how inherently flawed the overall approach of the scientific community was and continues to be it was flawed in a way that undermined its efficacy and resulted in thousands if not millions of preventable deaths who's got two thumbs and said this a year ago Two years ago now. What we did not properly appreciate is that preferences determine how scientific expertise is used, and that our preferences might be, indeed our preferences were, very different from many of the people that we serve. We created policy based on our preferences, then justified it by using data. Eh, the data... Yeah, okay, well, yeah, we'll get into that. And then we portrayed those opposing our efforts as misguided, ignorant, selfish, and evil. And I'm still being called that by people I used to know, love, and respect. We made science a team sport. Mm-hmm. And in so doing, we made it no longer science. Hello! That's what I've been saying all along. It became us versus them, and they responded the only way anyone might expect them to, by resisting. Or just trying to logic you into <laughs> back to the baseline. We excluded important parts of the population from policy development and castigated critics, which meant that we deployed a monolithic response across an exceptionally diverse nation, forged a society more fractured than ever, and exasperated longstanding health and economic disparities. At this point, he's waxing grandiloquent in order to prove that he's intelligent, but at least he's trying to pretend that he's admitting he was wrong. 
Our emotional response and ingrained partisanship prevented us from seeing the full impact of our actions on the people we were supposed to serve. We systematically minimized the downsides of the interventions we imposed, imposed without the input, consent, and recognition of those forced to live with them. In so doing, we violated the autonomy of those who would be most negatively impacted by our policies, the poor, the working class, small business owners, blacks and Latinos, and children. Mm-hmm. These populations were overlooked because they were made invisible to us by their systematic exclusion from the dominant corporatized media machine that presumed omniscience. Hmm. Hmm. Most of us... I don't think this is a guy that was on their side because it sounds like he's a little too based. Most of us did not speak up in support of alternative views, and many of us tried to suppress them. When strong scientific voices like world-renowned Stanford professors John Ian Dennis and Jay can't pronounce that last name, and Scott Atlas or University of California San, San Francisco professors Vinay Prasad and Monica Gandhi sounded the alarm on behalf of vulnerable communities, they face severe censure by relentless mobs of critics and detractors in the scientific community, often not on the basis of fact, but solely on the basis of differences in scientific opinion. <laughs> like, solely. And, oh, where did those scientific opinions come from? Golly, follow the money. When former President Trump pointed out the downsides of intervention, he was dismissed publicly as a buffoon. And when Dr. Anthony Fauci opposed Trump and became the hero of the public health community, we gave him our support to do and say what he wanted, even when he was wrong, which was 100% of the time. As we will be discussing shortly. Trump was not remotely perfect, nor were the academic critics of the consensus policy, but the scorn that we laid on them was a disaster for public trust in the pandemic response. Our approach alienated large segments of the population from what should have been a national collaborative project. And we paid the price. The range of those marginalized by the expert class, he didn't put that in quotes, but I'm putting it in quotes, exploded onto and dominated social media. Lacking the scientific lexicon to express their disagreement, many dissidents turned to conspiracy theories and cottage industry of scientific contortionists to make their case against the expert class consensus that dominated the pandemic mainstream. I call bullshit on that entire statement because there were a lot of us that did have the lexicon we did have the scientific background and we were still called morons idiots and conspiracy theorists labeling the speech misinformation and blaming it on scientific illiteracy and ignorance the government conspired with big tech to aggressively suppress it erasing the valid political concerns of the government's opponents which our country was founded on. And this despite the fact that pandemic policy was created by a razor-thin sliver of American society who anointed themselves to preside over the working class, members of academia, government, medicine, journalism, tech, and public health, who are highly educated and privileged. Also, most of them haven't actually experienced the world like they haven't like gotten outside or worked or done anything like as normal people have from the comfort of their privilege this elite 
prizes paternalism as opposed to average Americans who laud self-reliance and those who da- whose daily lives routinely demand that they reckon with risk. Mm-hmm. We can't lock ourselves away and eat, you know, $60 an ounce ice cream. We have to go out there and actually make the money to pay your stupid, sorry, white ass. That many of our leaders neglected to consider the lived experience of those across the class divide is unconscionable. Okay, so this goes on and on and on and on. No, actually, it doesn't go on. It's only a few more uh, paragraphs. You had a question, Jim? No, it's just we're going to already be discussing this, uh, and we have another whole section after the interview. So? Continue. Incomprehensible to us due to this class divide, we severely judged lockdown critics as lazy, backwards, and even evil. And they still do to this day. We dismissed as grifters those who represented their interests. We believed misinformation energized the ignorance. And we refused to accept that such people simply had a different, valid point of view. We crafted policy for the people without consulting them. If our public health officials had led with less hubris... The course of the pandemic in the United States may have had a very different outcome with far fewer lost lives. God, there's so many people I wish would hear this. So many people. Instead, we have witnessed massive and ongoing loss of life in America due to distrust of vaccines and the healthcare system, a massive concentration in wealth by already wealthy elites, a rise in suicides and gun violence, especially among the poor, a near doubling of the rate of depression and anxiety disorders, especially among the young, a catastrophic loss of educational attainment among already disadvantaged children, and among those most vulnerable, a massive loss of trust in healthcare, science, scientific authorities, and political leaders more broadly. And yes, we will be talking about this more in depth in the interview. My motivation for writing this is simple. It's clear to me that for public trust to be restored in science, scientists should publicly discuss what went right and what went wrong during the pandemic and where we could have done better. But they won't because they still think they were right. It's okay to be wrong and admit where one was wrong and that and what one learned. That's a central part of the way science works. Yet I fear that many are too entrenched in groupthink and too afraid to publicly take responsibility to do this. Solving these problems in the long term requires a greater commitment to pluralism and tolerance in our institutions. Golly, from the, the, the side that says they're so tolerant, including the inclusion of critical, if unpopular, voices. Intellectual elitism, credentialism, and classism must end. Hello. Restoring trust in public health and our democracy depend on it. He just so happens to be a medical student here in Texas. He's in his seventh year, so almost done. Mm. He's going to make a good doctor. Because one of the things that doctors need, a big heaping help of, especially now, is humility. So at least this guy's on the right track. All right, folks, we are going to go ahead and head on into the interview where we'll go a little bit deeper into what we were just talking about. And stick around because afterwards we have, of course, our final story, News of the Wonder Fuller, that you're really going to want to hear. Please stay tuned. All right. See you on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. 
Today, we have brought back Narish Bisa, who was such a great guest the last time that we wanted him to no, come we back. We had a lot of fun. We did. We have so much to talk about. And today, we are going to focus on one subject, which will get us booted immediately from YouTube. So, you're probably <laughs> watching this on Rumble or BitChute. We are going to talk about the, well, I would call it the pandemic. Uh, we could call it COVID. Um, we called it Ooga Booga Bud. Ooga Booga Bud. Because of how it was manipulating every, people using it. Yeah, and Narish is in a very special place because I'll let him give you his credentials. But he, like me, kind of had an inkling what was going on from the very, very beginning. Now, folks who have been listening to our show know that I have friends in China. I knew what was going on day one. I was aware of what was happening with physicians getting disappeared. Uh-huh. And I started talking about it, which is why we have been completely shadow banned. And in a lot of cases banned altogether. I am a, I'm not a teacher, but I'm a tutor, which means I have to actually know more than teachers do about biology and chemistry. So I'm fully aware of what I'm speaking about, which means I get called a moron and an idiot and all kinds of things on social media. (laughs) So when I find somebody like Narish who has the credentials he has, has the background he has, has the information he has, I have an open ear. Of course, I'm going to listen to people who disagree with me because I want all points of view. But I feel like you have a lot of information that the mainstream media does not. So first, I'm going to start with asking you to give us all of your information, how we can find you, your books, all of that good stuff, and then follow that up with your credentials. So all of that is out there for people to find. Well, first off, thanks a lot for inviting me back on the show. Really appreciate it. Our last episode was awesome. I think it was like an hour and a half long, and we had to cut it <laughs> yeah, short. Virtually took up the whole show. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you had so much to say. It was, and you were a lot of fun. So, of fun. well, well, that that episode was mostly like ninety percent about wokeism, about. Mm-hmm. racism if we put it that which which some of that is going to carry over into this conversation where the topic is going to be about about as the mainstream calls it covid and and we'll get into why i don't call it covid it's really the sars 2 virus right uh, Right. that would be a much cleaner better more accurate name than covid and we'll yes. get into that later. But but my website is nareshvisa.com, N-A-R-E-S-H-V-I-S-S-A, nareshvisa.com. I run a digital marketing agency. I've been running it for 10 years now. Our 10-year anniversary was this month. So uh, I I run that. I'm the, co- I'm the co-host of the Work From Home show. It's a podcast that's all about working from home. I've been doing digital business, e-commerce, like I said, on my own for 10 years now. I consider myself to be a small business owner. I've also written multiple books, five books to be exact. One of those books we talked about on the previous episode that that where I was a guest on, it's called Trump Book, How Digital Liberals Silenced the Nation into Making America Hate Again. All those books are available on Amazon. I do, while I consider myself to be a businessman now, I do have a background in journalism. I have experience working at CNN radio way back in the day. I have a degree from one of the top journalism schools in the country. And I am back on the show today to talk about 
this pandemic or this plandemic or scamdemic or COVID 1984. <laughs> I like all of those names. <laughs> <coughs> uh, I'm, I'm back to talk about it from a just a pure, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a, an MD, and I'm going to talk about why that doesn't matter and why they were wrong, why so many, not everyone, but why so many of them were wrong. I'm coming from a purely reporting perspective, a journalistic perspective of, of research that has been published, peer-reviewed research that has been published, uh, media that has reported on certain aspects, mainstream news media that, have, that has reported on certain aspects of the, the pandemic, and everything you can fact check. This is not stuff that Google is suppressing, that YouTube is hiding. You can go on the internet as you listen to this interview. You can go on the internet and fact check me. This is why Newsmax TV and so many other political podcasts invite me back on their shows because they go back, they listen, they go back, search for stuff. They're like, is this guy just making up things? And then they see, oh, wow. Like, okay. Yeah. And, and we, we do provide all of the receipts. <laughs> so for every Absolutely. episode of our show, if you go to counterculturewise.com, we provide all of the receipts, all of the links are there and we archive them. So no shenanigans, you know, uh, you get to see the original source and what it says. And, and we will follow up with that today. So Narish, I, I want to begin. I know this is kind of a silly question and, and a lot of people will roll their eyes at this, but people are flat out asking point blank, is COVID real? <laughs> Look, it's it's a good question. It, it's a very good good question. And for many people on Rumble, I'm I'm gonna bust your ears a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not on YouTube, because uh, if 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 I gave a certain answer on YouTube, it would never make it on YouTube. Oh, even just asking the question, <laughs> even just asking the question. yeah, just even that's, asking the question, yeah. You know, we got our channel completely tanked. Our original counterculture wise channel got completely tanked. They went back two years to a three hour long podcast where we were reading from the CDC website. Oh my God. And they not <laughs> only deleted the entire episode, but they gave us a hard strike for medical misinformation for reading from the CDC website. And that's when I went back and I'm like, that's it. We're off. We're off YouTube. So um, just, we have different channels on YouTube, but for the most part, we we just aren't on YouTube because I mean, if they're gonna go back years, and 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 strike us for literally reading off of the CDC website and then calling that medical misinformation, that that kind of proves our point. I'll be so. honest. Very so well, you just bring up three points that I want to address for the next five minutes or so. Number one, we're gonna get to have the mic. <laughs> Definitely. We're gonna we're gonna get to the actual question of whether COVID is real. But number one is before I move any any further, for those listening, if you have thin skin, if you take offense easily, you're gonna want to turn off this this episode right now. And uh, they would uh, be listening to us if they did. We are the wrong channel for that. <laughs> Well, well, I, I, I say that because what we're about to talk about today, what I'm about to share today, it's it's going to make you feel, if you are one of those people, it's going to make you feel bad. It's going to make you want to write bad things about me on the internet. It's going to make you want to call me names while you're at home listening to this. You'll just, you, you can scream out 
and call me names in, in the air. Uh, it, well, let's, it let's do our best. Through. Let's do our best to be kind to these people because they are in cognitive dissonance <clears throat> and we want to be as kind to them as we can. Oh, I'm going to be no kind. matter what they do. I'm to going you. to be kind, but the truth and the facts, they hurt a lot. They, they do. really, really hurt a lot. So I just wanted to share that disclaimer because if you're one of those people, just turn off the episode right now. Just the thing turn is, it off. Most of those people don't realize they're those people. <laughs> That's the problem. Well, we'll, well see. Well, here's here's the issue that I have because many of these people are people who claim to be the experts. Yeah. Have the degrees, the PhDs, the MDs, whatever it might be. And they're going to be listening to this episode thinking that they have an open mind, thinking mm -hmm. that they know the truth or the stats or whatever it might be. And and then when they fact check me, just like Newsmax and all these other media fact check me, it's going to really hurt them. It's going to change their basic assumptions that they've been led to believe for the past three and a half year, three years. Mm -hmm. it, it's going to change the way that they look at the world, that they look at science, that they look at data, that they look at economics. If if they can handle it, because typically what happens is they double, triple, quadruple down and just ignore it. So um, hopefully. They can handle it, but I, I would love to open some minds today. Let's do it. So the first thing, right. first thing uh, is COVID real? Absolutely. Okay. COVID is a, it is an absolute, so I, I've had, I know people personally, friends of mine who have come to me saying COVID is fake. It's not a no. real thing. No, it's real. It's, it's real. I it, believe it's, that. It's just the flu. Uh, the reason why there were zero, there was one flu death for, from during the 2020-2021 flu season. There was only one flu death, and they think that was a, a, an anomaly. Um, so there were basically zero. There was no flu that season. And, and many of the conspiracy theorists have come to me saying, oh, there was flu. It was just a, they replaced it with COVID. No. COVID is a new, it is novel. They called it the novel virus. This particular it, strain, yes. Uh, yes. So that's a good point that you bring up. So, so it is, it is a novel coronavirus and, and so it is absolutely real. I know people who have been hospitalized from it. I know people who have died from it. I even have a family member who passed from it, but I will also say, sorry, I, I will say he, well, okay. So there are a couple of things. Number one is it was written down that he that he passed from it. Uh, it was he was very let's just say he was severely immunocompromised, very very old. Okay. So let let let's put so it. So that back. brings up a question that we'll probably talk about later. Right. Where people are dying with, with it rather than yeah. of. We're, we're, we're we'll, we'll put a pin in that for now. We're definitely going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've gotten COVID finally after you've had it twice long 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 time yeah and 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 i'll get into later why i wanted to get it yes i'm vaccinated fully vaccinated boosted our entire well my wife and i are we have two very very young kids who aren't eligible for the vaccine they've gotten covid everyone in our household's gotten it and i'm very happy that all of us have gotten it and i will share why i'm more than happy that we got okay. it and why we got I, it i would be interested to hear no, that from I'm someone who is that. vaccinated and, and boosted because we're <laughs> i hate to use the term but that's what's going around we're pure bloods here 
So I, I would be very interested to hear your take on that and, and how you well, feel about it. Well, I didn't get it. You have to remember, we, none of us got COVID in 2020, 2021, 2022. So that means we actually are just recovering from it over the past month or so. Oh, wow. And, and so- oh, yeah. See, I got it in Seattle in 2019. So I was like, ground zero, so baby, let's do this. <laughs> that's, I had a friend who got it in Seattle in, 20, in uh, December 2019. And mm -hmm. he didn't know what it was. The doctors that's, didn't know what it was. Either. We didn't either. We had no idea. We thought it was the flu. They doctors thought it was a flu, but yeah. he got tested for the flu and he tested negative and they still gave him whatever medication they'd give you, you know, azithromycin or whatnot, and mm -hmm. it didn't work. Uh, so it wasn't until well, see, I, didn't, I didn't have medical. So we just did everything you would do for the flu if you didn't have a doctor. And that, that included some of the, the, the things we're not allowed to talk about. Look, there is a huge difference between getting COVID in 2019 2020 versus getting it in january 2023 yeah uh, after a series of vaccines and boosters. not even the same animal huge yeah. huge 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 difference. difference yeah so so yes covid is absolutely real it's a real virus it all right so you hear those guys everybody who's got the finger on the swipe button we're not denying that it's <laughs> real okay it is real it is a thing People it is get novel. it. Let's get past that. All right. It's, and it's, it's a, novel a novel virus. Corona, right? It's a novel coronavirus. And what so, novel means is new, never heard of before, different than others. So let, let's go back to what exactly. So, so coronavirus has been around for at least scientifically for centuries. Yes. Right. Of course. Yes. And human to human coronavirus has been around for decades upon decades, de mm -hmm. decades upon decades upon decades. So Okay, can... so break down what coronavirus means, because a lot of people have never actually heard that term before. I, I hadn't heard I it had. before this happened. Yeah. And, and, and there was, it. at the beginning in 2019, there was actually some confusion at the beginning, uh, end of 2019, early 2020. There was some confusion because it, when you put down coronavirus, it meant something different. And and nurses and doctors were actually confused because they're like, what's the big fuss? So what did coronavirus mean before C-19 actually went down? Look, I'm not a, a historian of, 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 about, I'm not a, a, a virologist or, or a historian by enemy or by any means. What I do know is that human to human the, the, the human to human uh, coronavirus was discovered many, many decades ago. Some people say it was in the 1930s. Some people say it was in the 1960s. But it was before I was born, maybe even before uh, you were born. So, so what does that, how does that tie into the 2019 COVID-19? Well, first off, most people, including me, had never even heard of coronavirus. Like we, we we had never heard about it until 2020. That's the first time that we ever heard about it. So right. we thought, oh, this is the, the new, you know, Zika virus or whatever. No, coronavirus has been around, like I said, for human to human for decades upon decades, maybe forever. Maybe it's been around since the beginning of man. But just scientifically speaking, they discovered it. Uh, it was initially animal contact, uh, chicken coronavirus, and then uh, human to human coronavirus happened, I'm looking up right here, 
in in the 1950s. Uh, sorry, it, it they started doing research on it in the 1950s, and it was officially like peer reviewed in the research studies in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. So it's been around forever, and we can call right. this COVID. Like we can well, actually call like COVID 88 would have been the coronavirus from 1988. Right. Uh, right. And, so, and so, so coronavirus. Just to be clear for our listeners, a coronavirus. They're part of a large family of viruses. They're upper respiratory illnesses. And there's only been three so far that have been um, serious or fatal. Okay, so they're very actually common. They come around every year. And uh, with the SARS-CoV combination, um, that's when it started getting really, really deadly for human beings. So coronavirus is actually very common. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. nurses and doctors would see that on a chart, they would think, oh, it's it's like a variation of the flu or the cold or whatever, and we'll treat that as such. And that's why so many people died at the onset because they were confused. And I'm not saying confused like they were dumb. I mean, they were confused because they were calling it coronavirus which is very common and 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 not lethal and they treated it as such um but this this one as you said is novel it's different it has different things going on i'm going to go out there and say because it was manipulated and yes. i'm sure we'll talk about that um but so yeah, reason, coronavirus is the, like you the said reason why around they- forever this, the reason why, yeah, so that's the first thing that I think many people listening will be like, huh, I thought it was created in 2019. No, the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coronavirus has been around forever. And this goes into the nomenclature of, okay, COVID, where did this come from? Why did we call the 2001 strain of COVID? Why did we call that SARS? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden in 2019, this name COVID-19 comes out. Why isn't this called SARS-2? Because the official name of this virus is called the Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome That's Coronavirus SARS is. 2. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's SARS-CoV-2. Is exactly. The, or, yeah. And, and, and they and, tagged and, on the 19 because of the year. But, they tagged on the 19 because, but, but in 2001, when we, if you remember, we had SARS. Why didn't we call that? COVID-1 or or SARS-CoV-1. Nobody did. It was just SARS. So who is controlling the narrative here as far as the nomenclature goes? In my opinion... That's interesting. It's absolutely China. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why China's controlling the narrative. The SARS, the connotation of SARS, the negative hit that China took as a result of SARS from 2001, because that was another... That was another virus that came out of China. Yep. Mm-hmm. And 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 still to this day, it's assumed that it came out of a cat. Now they say COVID came out of a, a, a wet bat. Or oh, a wet everybody bat. knows that's not true. It's not Come true. On. It's not true. But in one, it was, oh, it came from some kind of cats in, in China. Mm-hmm. And again, it, China took a, a huge hit uh, economically uh, just from a, a, a global perspective because of that, we can call it a, a very minor pandemic. It wasn't that big of a hit. We're still buying all their crap. Exactly. We, we still are. But what happened was China 
they you'll be surprised at how much social media, how much international media they own, whether it's. Oh, through, no, I'm not surprised at all. TikTok, not, Facebook, I know, YouTube. You yeah, there's all sorts of Twitter. There's all sorts of evidence. Just go on Amazon Prime and type in TikTok and see what's look at all the bills in Congress that are going yeah. through right now to try to yep. ban TikTok. It's not just TikTok. It's the Twitter. Elon Musk. That was a major thing. Elon Musk said, I want to come into Twitter. And I'm going to clean it, clear out all these bots because so many of these bots were mm -hmm. from China and from Russia, China right. also. And I've seen and, it. And they time. absolutely spazzed out. They're trying to take him down, the poor man. I, I actually kind of feel sorry for the guy. I, I, I hate feeling sorry for a billionaire, but geez, I don't <laughs> think he realized. I think he had sort of an idea, but I don't think he fully realized what he was taking on. Yeah. I, I think he knew. I, I think he knows. You think it. so? Okay. Oh, absolutely. He even said that his life, he said if he were to mysteriously die or if, if, uh, if if he got Epstein, if 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 it came out that he committed suicide, he already said no, I did yeah. not. Like I have yeah. zero intention of committing suicide. He's not going to Epstein himself. <laughs> gotcha. So so anyway, uh, it it's really this is just uh to me somewhat propaganda, Chinese mm -hmm. propaganda, mm -hmm. um when it comes to COVID nineteen because they didn't want that SARS attached, they didn't want China attached to, they didn't want the China virus, they didn't want the Wuhan virus. They didn't want SARS. So this COVID came out to where hopefully, you know, the, the world won't even know where this where this uh, virus came from. So even it, though that's technically the name that it belongs under, it, it was so unfamiliar to the general populace. They're like, oh, let's use that. Is that kind of what, what you're saying? That's... What I'm saying is China is the one this this should be called SARS-2 or this should be called, you know, the Wuhan virus. It but should because be called the Wuhan virus. They, they did call it that for five minutes before <laughs> the government shut it down. <laughs> yeah. As, as if uh, Chang Wo, who works in the rice fields, is all of a sudden responsible yeah. for. But no, I mean, just 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 like literally every other virus known to man was named by the origin this should have been called the wuhan virus but for some reason uh, we made it a, a racist thing okay so it should have been called sars2 it should have been called sars2 um and and the point that you made i, I want to touch on that and that is why is this a novel virus now this is my opinion this is not there there is some research there is, are some reports that this was absolutely created in a lab, and that's why it's so novel. Viruses yes. don't mutate like this from year yes. to year. You don't go from a 2017 coronavirus, where it's just a common cold, essentially, mm -hmm. to a 2019 coronavirus that that kills uh, what it was three uh, 350,000 Americans in in 2020. Still, that that, still fewer than 0.02 percent, but a significant significant amount of a certain demographic. You're absolutely right. And we're going to get into that because you bring up a good point. I mean, you, you definitely know your stuff when, when once we start slicing and dicing the numbers and the data, uh, you're absolutely right. So so I wanted to, to, to get that out of the way. I wanted to get out of the way, you know, COVID, COVID is real. It's a real That's virus. Right. Yes. If, if, if you are not vaccinated, if you are unhealthy, so the statistic officially shows that at least four, the average number of comorbidities someone who dies with COVID has or is hospitalized 
is approximately four comorbidities. That's for hospitalization. Okay, so we're four. talking age, obesity. <clears throat> what else? Well, a comorbidity can be it can be like you're pre-diabetic or you're diabetic okay. or you're right. uh, or you have cancer or even you're a cancer survivor. Uh, it could be you have asthma. A comorbidity. Asthma. Okay. Yeah, a comorbidity. Is is basically a health issue. I, I know age and obesity are are, are the two biggest ones. So uh, ob obesity is is a comorbidity. Age is not a comorbidity. Instead, no? it's just somewhat assumed that the older you get, the more health problems you're gonna have. So if you oh. go to someone above the age of seventy, mm -hmm. there's a good chance that they have, like, just walk into any hospital and you'll see it's not a bunch of like twenty five year olds. Right. But the way the way they were for better lack of a better word, advertising it is that the elderly are the most vulnerable. Vulnerable. They are because the elderly don't have as strong systems as young people. Okay. Right? So, so we're so, talking, so, so we're Hillary talking getting, immune systems. Whether it's immune system so so like Hillary I remember when Hillary Clinton was running for president in twenty sixteen, she got, I believe it was pneumonia. And and a you know ten year old getting pneumonia is going to react very differently in a positive way than a sixty what whatever she was at the time sixty seven year old woman who has comorbidities. Mm -hmm. So so comorbid think of it think of the term comorbidity as um, when when these health, a pre existing condition. Mm -hmm. It's so, kind of when the lefties talk about intersectional, it's like, oh, I'm Asian and mixed black and gay and this and that, and you pile them all up. So I'm fat and I'm old and I'm <laughs> I have an autoimmune and all these other things that they kind of stack up. Yeah. So so basically any disease, uh, blood, even high blood pressure, that's considered a comorbidity. Um, even is. even even like mental health, like if you if you really okay, mental health, that's interesting. Like if you, mean, if you have Alzheimer's, uh -huh. if you're if you're demented, that's considered a comorbidity. This is just like Christ, medical. Our president targets. survived. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So I wouldn't have considered mental health as a comorbidity. That that comorbidity, is well, a lot yeah. of a lot of mental illnesses are organic in nature. They spring from other. That's well, <laughs> Alzheimer's in particular. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I was always like the the. Uh, poster child for the vaccination because I'm 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 not going to say elderly but I'm no spring chicken and I'm obese and I have an autoimmune disease and you know all these other things and so I'm like the poster child for getting the jab uh, at the same time those who are in my predicament who got the jab suffered the consequences which I'm going to put in big quotey marks here and um, which I, i'm sure we'll talk about yeah yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll 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 get to that so um one one other thing that you brought up you said that youtube flagged your videos as medical misinformation here's a problem that i have with that huge problem and and again this is where i'm really upset at the medical community and the scientific community you did not post medical misinformation. You posted a different, most likely a different way to treat the virus. We and, literally read from the CDC website, literally. Well, 
Okay. That well, well, let's just. I know many people were being canceled because they said, you know, a guy like Joe Rogan said, oh, you know, I took this cocktail, which by the way, I took a cocktail of stuff to treat my yes. COVID. And 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 he why, said, why not try anything if it's not going to harm you? Why you not go. try everything? There you go. There you go. And and so if you were to go to a doctor right now, not a doctor, let's say you have uh, high blood pressure at your age and you said that you are obese. Um, so let's say that you go to a, a internal medicine doctor with your results and you say, hey, here's my profile. What are you going to tell me to do? He's going to tell you, he's going to write it out. Okay, you're going to be on this medication and you should, you know, drink this and eat this and take these supplements. Then you say, you know what? I don't really like what this guy had to say. Let me try a different person. Mm -hmm. So you go to a different per a different doctor who's also an internist, maybe in a different city. And you say, here's my profile. And what is he going to tell you to do? He's going to tell you to do something that's very different from what the first guy told you. Right. Then or, you say, or similar with, uh, you know, slightly var variations, slight variations. Regardless, yeah. it's not, he's not going to tell you the exact same thing. Exactly. Yes. And, and even, even look, my, my entire household was sick in like November, December, which just would some by our, our, our oldest kid goes to daycare. He brings home all sorts of viruses. I, so got, daycare is like a Petri dish. Yeah. It is. And I, and it's good. I, I love it. I, I want this is good because this is how you build your immune system. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's the, something that everybody lockdowns. That's why COVID was so easily went the way it did is because the lockdowns made it easy. The, the, the dumbest, most inaccurate thing a parent can say. And look, I'll admit, I grew up in a household where I had a parent saying this. The worst thing a parent can say that's so inaccurate is don't fall sick to tell their four-year-old or five-year-old child, yeah. don't fall sick. That's not the younger they are. Yeah. You, you, they should be getting. That's sick. why we had chicken pox parties. You know, exactly. my, my sister and my brother and I never had chicken pox ever because we didn't know anybody who had it. And the vaccination didn't, didn't exist back then, which mm -hmm. means all of us are going to get shingles, all of us. And it's awful. I mean, that they call it the suicide disease. Yes. If I could go back and get chicken pox, I would do it in a heartbeat, <laughs> you know? Building immunity, whether that's, yes. uh, you know, taking cold showers, going outside. and I mean, I, I live in Florida, and there's so many people who don't know what it's like to even be in the cold, and somehow they end up in a cold climate, and they can't handle it. Their bodies oh, can't handle yeah, it. Yeah. That's terrible immunity. You yeah. want, at that age, and even, look, I still have the mind of a, of a five-year-old. Like, I want to get, like, yeah, my kid... People ask me, like, oh, aren't you scared? Your your kid's going to come home and get you sick, and you're not going to be yeah. able to take care of me. I said, no, I, I no, welcome it. I want that immunity. This is only going that, to make me That's stronger. why I'm grateful that I came back from Seattle in 2019 not knowing what it was, and, and we were sick for, gosh, what, two months? Yeah, It felt like 10, but yeah, yeah. it was... It was it was, and, and, I am so grateful that we went through yeah, that for, because we didn't. She was sick longer it. than I was. And I folks, when I say yeah. when I say getting sick, I'm not talking about these debilitating, illness, you know, heart disease, cancer. You know, no, no, I'm no, going to no. go smoke I cigarettes because I right. want to get. No, no, I'm, that's no. not what I'm saying. No, that's not I'm what we're talking, talking about. about, about no. viral I'm talking about viruses <laughs> where your body builds an immune <laughs> immunity to it, and I, honest to God my first 
when I knew that the COVID thing was, was a propaganda thing was when you would get completely booted off of social media if you talked about natural immunity. That was when I said, this isn't real. They are, something is going on here because natural immunity is a thing. In fact, those who have had it should be the ones who are being studied. Mm -hmm. Those are the people you need to look at those are the people that you should be deriving the vaccine from because that's how every other vaccine in the history of time has been created is from those who went through it, survived, and now have the antibodies. And when that wasn't an issue, when that was actually suppressed, when that was actually discouraged, when people like us were actually booted from all social media, I'm like, okay, this is political. This has nothing to do with science. This has nothing to do with, with medical veracity. This is political. And, and that's when I just, that's it, I'm done. Well, I mean, and I also, there's another aspect to it that you're probably going to get into. I don't doubt it, but I went to Safeway and all the floors are marked with arrows going, you have to walk this way down the aisle or that way down the aisle. And it's like, I'm not a rat. This isn't a maze. Something and, and goofy is going on here. A certain direction help you from getting, you know, I, I, I sort of get the mask thing. I'm not 100% on it, but the whole, you have to face a certain direction. You have to stand a certain place apart. All of that was just control. That had nothing to do with the actual illness. And, you know, I, like I said, I teach biology. I, I teach chemistry. And all of this had a certain smell. Mm -hmm. That's that a good I way just, to put it. it. It had a smell. And the biggest, the biggest thing for me was that we weren't allowed to talk about natural immunity. That that was like verboten. That was like a dirty word. And that for me was when I became the tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist crazy person because I'm like that everybody knows and loves. That everybody knows. <laughs> That was the moment for me because I was like, uh, if we're not allowed to talk about this, then all the other stuff that's going around isn't real. It's just not. So, so, so we'll get we'll get into natural immunity. I want to go back to the whole medical misinformation thing because okay, we he, so we're giving this example. You have a problem. You go to one doctor, he tells you one thing. You go to another doctor, she tells you another thing. You go to a doctor in India, they tell you a completely different thing. Yes, you know, more of a naturalist perspective or a holistic perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and and so the point here is, what our our government medical leaders said is no, there is only one way to fight this virus, to treat right. this virus, and it's our way. And that's so, messed so up. So they threw away, they threw away the, what the practice of medicine, look, if, if the practice of medicine is just going on the internet and looking up stuff, and then people can just, it can be do it yourself. People can just do it themselves. The point of really like a doctor or a physician or a scientist is to use a little bit of their mind and their creativity and be like, oh, you know what? I tried this in the past, it didn't work that well. Let me try something else. Let me try the homeopathic stuff. Let me try the ivermectin. Let me try the hydroxychloroquine. Right. And the scientific method, I'm not a scientist. Science, science was like my worst subject. But if there's one thing that I took away 
from science is this basic concept of the scientific method. The scientific yes. method, mm -hmm. clearly, it, it's pretty clear in that it says, let's take face masks, for example. Okay, hey, I think face masks are stupid. I, th I don't think they work. And another person says, no, face masks are amazing. They do work. Okay, well, let's test it. Let's run an experiment. Let's do a study. And then let's see who's right. But instead, in March 2020, you had our scientific leaders saying, with no tests, no studies, no nothing, saying this is 10 times as deadly as a flu. We need to shut everything down. We need to shut down the beaches in Florida because people are going to die. We're going to shut down all the playgrounds because the kids are going to get COVID from the playgrounds and they're going to die. None of this, now that science, and even back then, the science on, on airborne viruses were very clear. This was not a contact to contact type of virus. This was an, no. is no. an airborne virus. Right. It's virtually impossible to get it. You can, I mean, there's a very, very minuscule chance you can get it outside. Very, you have to be doing very lewd things in order to get it outside. Let's you know, ventilation <laughs> was, I mean, nobody talked about that, but ventilation, good ventilation, being outside, being in a well-ventilated area. Being in the sunshine it, if you can. Would have solved well, it. Well, that helps yeah. you getting getting fresh, fresh air, vitamin D. That's yes. way better. Than... And that's all the things they denied us. It's like, you're not allowed exactly. to go to the park. You're not allowed to go surfing. You're not allowed to go to the beach. You're not allowed. Okay, those are all the things that would have solved help, it help and 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 a friend of mine who moved down here from florida he said hey i don't really understand because florida like like not that many people from, from a per capita perspective florida's not even in the top 15 and he said but but you have all these people and you have all these elderly people how come florida wasn't even in the top 15 no lockdowns no restrictions and i said because you're allowed to go outside well they well they also people they just they were like I don't care what what Fauci says. I'm going outside. I'm going right. for my runs. I'm going for my walks. I'm going to the beach, whatever. I'm getting my vitamin D. I'm getting my exercise. And the people dying from COVID are not at the gyms. They're, they're, they're not no. people who are going to the gyms. Again, no. the average number of co comorbid, again, you can look this up on the internet. CDC even said it. The average number of comorbidities of a hospitalized patient is four comorbidities. The average death the average number of comorbidities for a COVID death is, is slightly above that. So if you have like someone like me, I'm, I have zero comorbidities and I am under the age of 40. Why mm -hmm. on earth are you going to tell me to mask up and to lock down and to not see anybody? Why would you tell a five-year-old child or a, 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 sorry, in some places it was two, two years old, three yeah, years old. Why ridiculous. would you tell a two to three year old child to do the same stuff, the same thing. I'll tell you, daycare is way, way more infectious than than any of this. Way sure. more infectious. And this is the only time in human history that we have quarantined the well. And 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 the what people i hate to say it but what the scientists and what people on the left side is oh don't you care about your great grandma or okay well, that's an appeal okay. to emotion that, that's a, don't that, you that, care that, about that's a logical grandma? fallacy in itself it's an appeal to emotion don't well then yeah. it don't you care about your grandma and i said look grandma knows that she's not supposed and i told even my own father who's above 65 i said i am treating covid differently than how you should be like 
you are because of your age alone you should be cautious you should you should wear the n90 and we're going to get to mass and that that's the other thing because nobody ever talked about quality over quantity it's like i if i were you know 90 years old and i had a choice between five minutes with my grandchild or another year of life alone what do you think i would choose you know, okay. nobody nobody asked them that. There are studies out there that show the loneliness. It wasn't just young people. There were because drug overdoses skyrocketed, yeah. drug mm-hmm. addiction skyrocketed, suicide initially went up. Many of those yep. suicides were reclassified as drug uh, overdoses or or drug issues. Fentanyl. I mean, that just the fentanyl market skyrocketed through yeah. the roof. Then you go yep. to the elderly. And again, there's a body of research, countless studies that show that the elderly, like literally their hearts got worse because it's almost like they had got broken hearts from just being lonely, not no, being it is literally, that is literally what happened away from their children, their grandchildren, their, yeah. their friends, places of worship. That's another big one because a lot yeah. of elderly, that's like where they go to socialize. So yep. the churches, mm-hmm. so the temples, whatnot. Now they weren't able to do that. And so, okay, you want to tell the elderly Uh, not to do any of this stuff. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. But what you have to think a little deeper because it doesn't just stop there. There are widespread economic impacts, social impacts, like we talked about the overdoses, the suicides. You have to think about those impacts. And I was clamoring about, I said, look, you are going to see inflation. You are going to see supply chains cut off. You're going to see labor shortages. You're going to see suicides. You're going to see reckless driving because the roads are going to be so empty that people are just going to start being reckless. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> you're, you're going to see, and, and, and it's like they're not capable of thinking beyond the face mask. They're not mm-hmm. capable of thinking beyond the, the lockdown. Okay. And they don't so even think about face masks and lockdowns. Let's talk about the myth, the man himself. Let's talk about the Honorable Dr. Fauci. We are going to continue with Dr. Fauci next week. I think there's a lot to be said about that. But before we close our show this evening, we would love, love to end on a high note. So let's talk about something that's happening right now in Kentucky. Right now, in Kentucky, there is a non-stop prayer revival. It's gone viral on TikTok. People are traveling thousands of miles to take part in this. Jim, you're the one who first was talking about the story. We heard about it in church today. Yeah, I heard about it uh, from my co-workers at Christian Care Ministry earlier. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So I had not heard about it, but that was the first I'd heard about it. It was like on Thursday or Friday, I think All right. So this is clear back in February 15th, so middle of the week. A Christian service at a college chapel in Kentucky has ballooned into a nonstop prayer and worship session that some are calling a revival. And people are traveling thousands of miles to take part of it after seeing it viral on TikTok. 
The growing event started as a routine chapel service at Ashbury University, a small Christian college in Wilmore, Kentucky, according to university employees. At the tail end of the meeting, a couple dozen lingering students assembled informally in a gathering that's been going on now for seven days straight, 24 hours a day. This was on February 15th, so now it's the 19th, so it's still going. (laughs) (laughs) The first day we had a very ordinary service. I would call it unremarkable, said University President Dr. Kevin Brown. Following a morning service on February 8th, a multicultural gospel choir sang on stage. Some students stuck around afterwards, and by evening, more and more had trickled into the sanctuary, creating something special, said Brown. It has absolutely been social media that is the mechanism that people found out about this, said Mark Whitsberth, Asbury's University Vice President of Communications. The setup is simple. No projector screens or high-tech integrations, just wooden sanctuary chairs filled with people and an open-air altar call with an invitation to prayer that still hasn't ended. So we just heard about this at church today. Mm-hmm. Um, t- talk a little bit about what our pastor said. Well, he said that, uh, well, he shares my hope that this spreads to other Christian colleges, but even more importantly that it spreads to non-Christian colleges like Berkeley or, you know, any of the University of California campuses or University of Illinois or, you know, he he mentioned several of them by name. Um, there have been some people trying to horn in, you know, like... Big some, name big pastors, name pastors and, whatnot, and, and they're basically and turning them away. Yeah. They, because they it's that's not, not about what it's them. about. Yeah, it's not what it's about. Which, which I appreciate. I think that's a big deal because if this is a real, and this isn't the first time this particular college has had something like this. Right, happen. it happened like, again in 1970 or 69, so wow. about 50 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I understand that even the pets have been inspired by this story. Have they now? Well, they asked if we <laughs> could let them do their own revival on the show. Oh. You know, I don't really think that's a great idea. We don't really have time to... Welcome to the Max von Regal Beezer Good Time Gospel Hour! Aw, damn it, Max. Tut, tut, good father! No foul language, if you please! Just let it go, Jim. Fine. Thank you! And now with our opening prayer is Aaliyah! Hi, God! I'm Aaliyah! And I'm a puppy! I pray that you bless us with squirrel. Well, amen then. Next is our beloved Fritzy with her take on a classic hymn. Cheese is yummy, this I know, for my taste buds tell me so. I will eat it till it's gone, good as weak but cheddar strong. Yes, cheese is yummy, yes, cheese is yummy, yes, cheese is yummy, my tummy tells me so. We're going straight to hell. (laughs) No hand basket required. It is now time for the cat a kissum. Uh, Max, really, you shouldn't. And now if you'll turn to the book of Isaac Hayes. But he was poked for our transmissions. He was squished for our antiquities. The punishment that brought us pizza was upon him. And by my stripes, I am healed. Oh, honey, those aren't the kind of stripes they were talking about. To finish off the Max von Regalbeezer Good Time Gospel Hour, please welcome back Fritzy. Uh, Max, that's not a full hour. Shut up, Jim. I come to the kitchen with Max. 
legs where the food is fresh on our noses and our father's there in his underwear. Hey! Which he never closes. Oh, now wait a minute, Fritz. And he meets with me and he eats with me and he gives me cheese of my own. Oh, God. And the food he shares tells me that he cares. And I'll never walk alone. Yep. I'm doomed. Oh, we're doomed. And as our Lord and Savior said when it was finished, it is finished. Goodbye and good night. And may God help us. Where did Chuck come from? <laughs> I think anytime we need help from God, it's going to be Chuck that delivers it. Folks, it's been an amazing night. Boy, that went by fast. It did. May you have a blessed week. I hope your revivals are as exciting as ours are. And we will see you next week. Counterculture Wise is a Stormcat production. Thank you for joining our growing family of listeners. All links from the show are available on our website, counterculturewise.com. Find our archives on any of your favorite podcast hosts. We engage in satire, commentary, and generally laugh at the ridiculousness of our crumbling society. Our only medical or financial advice is to not follow any financial or medical advice given by podcasters. Our animations, interviews, holy crap segment, and other videos are put out on BitChute and Rumble, and only in part on YouTube because they hate free speech. Our show is entirely funded by listeners like you. Visit our ever-expanding merch store or our subscribe star, where you can get outtakes, extra videos, and sneak peeks. If you would like to be a guest on our program, feel free to contact us via our website, just click on the link at the top that says, Be a Guest on Our Show. For more fun and cat pics, please visit our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. For complaints about our show, please fill out the ID10T form on our website, and we will give it the attention it deserves. Meanwhile, no matter how cruel the world may be around you, always remember the importance of kindness. Be kind to each other. Be kind to animals. And be kind to yourself. See you, See you next, next week. week.